Uh, Then this morning for our scripture reading, we would invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 53. In your pew Bible, you can find that on page 847. We'll be reading Isaiah 53 in its entirety and then focusing for the words of our text upon verse 5. Isaiah 53 is a rather well-known passage. Uh, The prophecy of Isaiah especially focused upon the coming person and the work of our Lord Jesus Christ, a person and a work that we commemorate this morning uh, in the administration of the Lord's Supper. So here now together the reading of the word of God. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken, and they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. And again, this morning it is to verse 5 especially that we turn our attention. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed A congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, scripture and also experience testify that suffering is a common common experience. Uh, Now the degree of suffering may vary one person from another. Uh, Some throughout life only have mild experiences of suffering. Uh, Others have an acute experience of suffering. Uh, The causes of suffering are also varied. Uh, You can think of all of the different aspects of living life underneath uh, the sun uh, as the scriptures refer to the life in the fallen world. Uh, But one thing is rather clear. Suffering is common. 
and yet the sufferings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ were anything but common. Uh, the sufferings of our Lord Jesus Christ are unique, and we do well to be reminded of that this morning. They are unique uh, given the intensity of the sufferings. No one has ever suffered as Christ suffered in regards to its intensity, uh, but also the reason for the sufferings. Uh, no one has ever suffered because of the reason that Christ has suffered. He suffered the inexpressible anguish of hell for our sins. And we want to look at our passage this morning briefly in verse 5 as it reveals to us the fact that Jesus Christ suffered, that he suffered the infinite wrath of God for sinners such as you and such as I. And so our theme this morning, the sufferings of Jesus for sinners, we'll notice first of all the reality of that suffering, and then secondly the reason for the suffering, and then thirdly the result of the suffering. So the sufferings of Jesus for sinners, the reality, and then the reason, and then the result of the sufferings. By reality, we just serve to emphasize the fact that Jesus Christ truly suffered. And our text is very plain when it says, he suffered. And now we ought not gloss over those words uh, quickly. It goes into some description. But he was wounded. He was bruised. Uh, notice uh, the reality of the person of the mediator. The text emphasizes he he referring to the suffering servant. He referring to the coming Messiah. He referring to the hope of Israel, the consolation of Israel. He referring to the seed of the woman that would come and crush the head of the serpent. He which all the patriarchs looked forward to. He who the psalmist sung up so frequently. And he also of whom the prophets of Israel, as they were led by the Holy Spirit, looked and scanned the horizon of human history, anticipating the day in which Jesus Christ would come in the flesh, would come to accomplish the redemption of Israel. Everything in the text is pointed forward, looking to the he of the appointed and the qualified mediator, the one mediator between God and man, the Lord Jesus Christ. We make one pastoral application in connection to this point. Uh, there is a danger, a danger that within the church we speak far too much of me rather than he. Far too much even perhaps of our own activity, of our own experience, of our own interest, of our own commitment, of our own orthodoxy. In light of Isaiah 53, verse 5, the emphasis congregation must be upon he, not me and not we. And so especially as we come to the table of the Lord, let us examine our hearts and let us realign them if need be to focus upon the exclusivity of the person of the mediator, Jesus Christ. He was wounded. Uh, this text is not using figurative language, is not speaking uh, in hyperbole. The word wounded, it could also be translated pierced. And that was a reality for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. His blessed hands 
most likely, as far as we can tell from the common practices of Roman crucifixion, and also when he shows forth the evidence to doubting Thomas, his blessed hands that went about doing good during his earthly ministry and during his earthly life were pierced with nails, his blessed feet that walked to and fro teaching healing, raising from the dead, were pierced with nails. Uh, And the scriptures are very clear in John 19, verse 34, uh, that one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. Uh, This word pierced means to be brought to the point of fatality. He really died, according, of course, to his human nature. Not only is the word wounded used, but you notice there's also the word bruised. Now this bruised, boys and girls, you know, sometimes we get bruises. Maybe you bump your knee. Uh, You know, maybe you get hit by a, a baseball. It's baseball season and softball season, but maybe you get hit by a baseball uh, on, on your shoulder. Uh, and that night or the next day, there's the, the bruise, the, the black or blue spot, and a couple of days, and maybe it's painful, a couple of days later it goes away. That's not what this word is referring to. Not bruised in the sense of bumping or getting hit by an object. No, this word bruised means to be physically and emotionally crushed. He was physically and emotionally crushed. Especially when he cries out in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he says, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. As he sweat great drops of blood, he was bruised. So the text emphasizes the reality of the sufferings. He, that is Jesus Christ, was wounded and was bruised. But why? In congregation, we must be crystal clear as to the why. Uh, There are various false doctrines, and there's also various false emphases when it comes to the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have the time this morning to review the false ideas, but let us be clear that Jesus Christ suffered, as our text is also clear, for our transgressions. And then with parallelism, it also says for our iniquities. So the reason that Jesus was pierced and the reason that he was physically and emotionally crushed was because of our moral infractions, because of our sins, because of our iniquities, because of our transgressions. And so Jesus Christ was pierced and Jesus Christ was crushed as a substitutionary atonement substitution in our place. Uh, Other words also are used within Reformed theology, a vicarious atonement. And, And now these words, they ought to be familiar to us as we mature in our understanding of the faith, but not just so that we can have the right theological terminologies in our minds, not just so that we can, you know, engage in Uh, polemics and maybe, you know, throw some million-dollar words out there in some social media platform to show how great our understanding of the Reformed faith is, but no, so that before the face of God we might have peace within our souls, that we might say, I know why Jesus Christ suffered. He suffered in my place. He suffered a substitutionary atonement covering my sin. And by this we also 
speak about in expiation. And that what Jesus Christ did when he suffered uh, was he stood in my place before the holy tribunal of God's justice and he covered my sin and he took it out of the way because he made satisfaction once and for all for all of my sin. The sins of my past, and that's why the psalmist can say, remember not, O God, the sins of long ago. On what basis can we ask God to not remember our sins of long ago? On the basis of a substitutionary atonement. Christ stood in my place. The sins of the present. The sins even of this very hour. And the sins of the future. If you think about it, how can we face another week as Christians? Do you not understand, do I not understand our own tendency to stumble and to fall, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love? What hope then do I have? What comfort then do I have? This, he was wounded for our transgressions. He suffered a substitutionary sacrificial suffering. Uh, This, I believe, is beautifully typified or foreshadowed in the Old Testament. We think of Leviticus 22, verse 21 and 22. Uh, The scapegoat comes, and Aaron, as the priest and as the representative of the people of God, he's given these instructions. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it, all the iniquities of the children of Israel. Notice that little word, all. Not 50% of our sins are transferred. Not 75% of our sins are transferred. But all. All our sins. Confessing over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and shall send it away into the wilderness. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities. The wonderful proclamation of the gospel this morning is is that the sins of the people of God, all of them, have been carried away. Have been carried away through the bruising and through the wounding of Jesus Christ. And so what then is the result of this? Uh, You'll notice again, we just simply follow our text into our third point, uh, the chastisement for our peace. And then there's also the mention that we are healed. So the result of the substitutionary sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ is that there is a healing and there is a peace. A healing, now this specifically is not referring to physical healing, but rather a spiritual healing Uh, A a healing uh, that is the restoration, the restoration of our very soul. A restoration of our very soul that comes uh, by way of the appropriation or the claiming or the taking of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is, of course, uh, the great physician Uh, who heals from the disease and from all of the effects of the disease of sin, uh, the ultimate effect being that of death. And so Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry, uh, he foreshadowed this also as he would raise people from the dead and as he would cast out demons 
and as he would heal that which was broken, and as he would cure uh, that which was stricken with illnesses, all pointing forward uh, to the great physician's work of the remedy for the soul. Because by nature we are dead in sins and trespasses, but Jesus Christ came to give life, to give life by the way of healing, to give life by the way of the removal of guilt, to give life by way of the removal, the gradual eradication of the impact of sin. And so here is what humanity needs most, the spiritual healing that comes from the balm of Gilead, from Jesus Christ himself. And this healing includes also then, of course, peace. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. This word peace, uh, it, it means, yes, the, the absence of conflict, uh, the harmony that results when there is not conflict. It, it speaks about a relational harmony. Uh, peace is, in the Old Testament, especially in the Hebrew language, uh, a, a word that overflows with meaning. It, it means completeness, wholeness. It means that everything is as it, as it should be. And in order for there to be peace, there, of course, had to be the removal of our transgressions and of the guilt of our transgressions. And that is what has been accomplished in and through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, that there is peace. And, of course, the scriptures continue to unfold this theme as Jesus Christ is identified as the Prince of Peace. And Paul writes in Ephesians that he, speaking about Jesus Christ, not of course the Apostle Paul, but Jesus Christ, he is our peace. And you can think perhaps of those wonderful words in Romans 5 verse 1, therefore having been justified by faith, pointing back to the atoning substitutionary sacrifice of Jesus Christ, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so the wonderful proclamation of the gospel this morning is that there is a way of peace and that that way of peace is only found in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so the call of the gospel is come unto him, all who labor and are heavy laden, and you will find rest, a close synonym for peace, you will find rest for your soul. And let us seek to do just that, having heard from the word of God as we come to now handle and hold the elements of the Lord's Supper, uh, the bread and the wine. Uh, let us lift up our hearts unto high where our Savior is, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we ask for hearts that are filled with a spiritual vision through your word of Jesus Christ. Uh, may we know that he indeed, the one only mediator, suffered to the point of very death itself for our sin, making a satisfaction for our sin. And by this reflection and by the ministry of the word and the sacrament, may our hearts be comforted. Uh, and may we know that we have peace with you, our Lord and our God. We ask for this blessing for the sake of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.